Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. As we welcome you along to another edition of the programme with John Paul taking your calls 1850 333 103 you can text or WhatsApp to 0862 103 103 and I can already see some WhatsApps and texts coming in about uh, text gate I don't know if anyone's calling that yet but don't you know it'll it'll some kind of name like that will come out when we will be referring to it and this is to do with the Taunish today of Radker. He yesterday uh, released a series of texts. He's kept his text message exchanged between him and the Foreign Affairs Minister Simon Coveney and also between him and Catherine Sapone and of course it was all ahead of the controversial Marion Hotel party which still hasn't gone away for the government and there was a number of texts over and back and of course a lot of the texts revealed the conversations around Catherine Sapone what is now controversial appointment which by the way of course hasn't happened as the UN special envoy a role of course that she had initially accepted and then later to step down and say no because of all the controversy uh, surrounding it and the, the exchange shows that Leo Varadkar was asked by Catherine Sapone about the appointment 11 days before the cabinet met to approve it because she in the series of texts was saying if you heard anything from Simon Coveney about my appointment he had said no. Then there was a series of text messages between him and Simon Coveney about this particular uh, appointment and then Simon Coveney says yes that he'd spoken to Catherine Sapone about it. He also referenced the name of the Foreign Affairs uh, Secretary who he was meeting with as well to finalise what will be a 12-month contract and Simon Coveney in his text to Leo Varadkar says I'll be bringing a memo for government next uh, week and I suppose the texts between Leo and Simon Coveney are relevant because Simon Coveney had gone to the Oireachtas Committee meeting on Tuesday where Simon Coveney said 
he didn't have any of the text messages between him and Catherine Sapone or between him and uh, Leo Varadkar. And the reason he said he didn't have it was he had deleted text message exchanges with some government ministers and he says that he does that on a regular basis because his phone has been hacked and he says it's prudent to clear his phone after hacking uh, fears. So there's a lot, a lot of people saying that still, this still hasn't been put to bed. People still wanting more information and of course now people questioning the fact that Leo, that Simon Coveney has come out and says he clears his phone on a regular basis. Some of your thoughts on it this morning. Morris says, Patricia, I think this text gate is one of the silliest of all rubbish and stupid things I've ever heard from this government. They're like school children. You said this. No, I didn't. You said that. No, it was you said it. It's just another job for the boys or girls. Whatever the case may be, I'm pretty much fed up with it all now, says Maura. And you know, I have to agree. When I saw the series of texts yesterday, I just thought, oh, for God's sake, is it just that we're in silly season that people are picking up on this? Is there really something of huge importance in this? I mean, there was the whole thing with Catherine Sapone and the appointment. Then there was the whole thing with this her, her party in the Marion Hotel she still says and the hotel still says that it, they abided by all of the regulations because it seemed to be an outdoor event and at that time you were allowed 50 people at an outdoor event and then next is the text of who knew what when did you know it what date was that text there's, there's a part of it just all does seem to be really a bit of silliness about it and, and we do go through periods and myself and John Paul would regularly refer to it as oh it's silly season and it's usually when the doll is in recess which usually ties in with summer holidays, Christmas holidays, Easter holidays and everything has a tendency news-wise to go a little bit slow and I accept that there are journalists out there who are desperately trying to find news stories and so so suddenly you're in the middle of silly season and you'll see something and you think oh that would never, you'd never be talking about that except that we're in the middle of silly season and I wonder has it got a bit to do with that or not? I don't know. Anyway, somebody else then who seems to really know the ins and outs of storage on your phone says Hi Patricia, I don't think it's odd that Simon Coveney deleted text messages. I think it's normal to clear messages and data on occasion. My last phone, for example, used to run out of storage, so I got into the habit of just deleting items. Don't see the point in keeping old messages. Even conversations, I'd clear the data on occasion. Anyone who works for government knows to keep their equipment clear and clean by deleting cookies, etc., and also old data. When people show me their phones, there can be thousands of photos on it, I sometimes feel weak. I like to save them and then delete them every few months. Oh God, you'd go weak, I'd say, if you saw my phone. Let me take a look and see if I can get a number on the number of, I'm really bad for, I don't delete anything. Maybe I, sh- maybe I should be doing exactly what you're saying. Let me just look at the photos. And this is a new phone. This is a new phone, but it would have been it would have been transferred over, wouldn't it? All, all the phones would have been transferred. All the photographs would have been transferred over. How many photographs do I have on it? And could I? And I did go through a phase of deleting some of them. Under the, I have two thousand one hundred and ninety-eight. Is that a lot of photographs? Can people check their phones and tell me how many? John Paul is on a call now, so I can't ask him. Just check your the albums on your phone and see how many photographs you have. I have. I'm going to under all, yeah. 
to I have over 2,000 uh, photographs. Could I delete some of them? I could. And I did, as I say, I did delete a few there a while ago uh, because I realised when I'm taking photographs, the other way you'll take two or three photographs and you, the, you'll only want the one. And I look back at Somerset and particularly because I was away, I was on a staycation and we got some beautiful weather with clear blue skies. Like I'm looking at some gorgeous photographs that I took in uh, Cookhaven and that I took in Baltimore when I was down in West Cork and, and they're gorgeous I'd love those blue skies photographs there the Mizzen out on the Mizzen Peninsula um, photographs of when I was out with dolphin watching I've little videos of the dolphins as well yeah could I go through those photographs absolutely I could but anyway I've got over over 2000 and I know every now and again I'll upload them onto to a laptop that I have at home to keep them and I'll clear them then but I like to have them on the phone because you know if you're out with somebody even though we haven't done this since the pandemic and you're talking about something and you say oh I have a photograph of her or a photograph of him and you might look back through the phone but anyway just take a look at your just take a quick look at your phone and tell me send me in a text tell me how many photographs are on it and me at over two thousand is that unusual or is that kind of a standard amount I don't know let us know 1850 but anyway some people are, are feeling that it's all just a little bit of a is it all a little bit of a storm in a teacup and then there was some commentary in from yesterday when we were discussing banks well this has come up actually earlier on in the week when one of our listeners went in and discovered that AIB Bank now are no longer from the 22nd of September will no longer be allowing you to print off your statements when you go into the kiosks in the bank and they say they, they're doing it to for safe paper and for waste and they're doing it from an environmental reason and more than ever and that then led to the whole discussion about the way banks have gone lately in that it's very hard to go in some banks don't have any tellers at all or on other times you'll go into a bank and a teller is only available on a certain day and they want everybody to do it yourself and they have all the ATM machines inside and all of the computers are there for you to do all of the work Michael says that he actually rang us a few years ago about this because there was a time when he worked in the banks now he's left that he's moved on to a different uh, industry but he remembers and this was a number of years ago when he worked as a teller in the bank the biggest issue that the manager in the branch where he worked had with any of the workers was the amount of time they would spend at the counter chatting to customers but Michael said the big problem they had was that older customers would come in to do their little bit of banking business and they might be a little bit slow about the bit of business that they needed to do but more than anything some of the older customers wanted to have a little bit of a chat they wanted to talk about the family they wanted to talk about the weather if they were going away on holidays they wanted to be talking about it and you know ordering their foreign exchange and all of that so the chat would go on a little bit and then the manager would take the tellers to task saying it is that is not your business move them on do the work that needs to be done and then move on because there's a queue forming behind at the one bank manager famously said to colleagues at the end of the day we are a bank we're not here to sort out personal problems so don't be chatting to, to the people and that's and I think by our nature we're chatty people aren't we you know and I know if you're in a queue and you're waiting to get served at a bank or anywhere else and there's a chat going on, it probably if you're in a rush, it will annoy you. But it's, it is hard for the teller then 
to be moving on an older person who only wants to have a little bit of a chat. Catherine's in for Moy and she said she remembers a few years ago she was in a bank and the lady was saying there you're going to have to switch over 24-hour banking. It's all going online. Catherine says, I wouldn't describe myself as a young person and I'd never used a banking app before but I said I need to move with the times so I did. And Mary in Canturk yesterday who said banks need to remember the older people who are not able to keep up with technology I think she is wrong. I class myself as an older person. I downloaded the app. I learned to use it and I do all my banking online now and I find it fantastic. Catherine is in her 70s. Move with the times. And Liz and Mallow is kind of saying pretty much the same thing. She said, I'm in my 60s. Many of my friends also bemoan the fact that they've been forced to move to online banking. They don't trust it. They don't want to do it. They don't know much about it. But I keep saying to my friends, you have to move with the times. It's just the way it is now. Uh, Everybody has to cop on and get up to speed with what is going on. I mentioned about uh, Techscape and everything that's going on and the fact that Simon Coveney says he regularly deletes uh, data from his phone and it's prudent to clear his phone uh, because there has been hacking fears and that is a thing he does on a regular basis and I was wondering and then the listener who is in the know said he's often shocked when he sees the amount of photographs that are on people's phones so I checked mine there and I have over 2,000 photographs and said gee that's an awful lot of photographs so I've asked people to let me know how many photographs they have 1,300 says this uh, listener I really need to take them off the phone because if I ever lost them says Anne what would I do if I lost all my photographs and here's a great one going "Mm, I have a few more than 2,000 here's a listener who sent me a screen Green grab of her albums and she has 35,679 photographs. <laughs> 35,500 photographs. Goodness me. Mary says, Patricia, I've just checked. I have 4,349 photos on my phone and they are mostly of my doggies. Mary Abandon says, I've over 6,000 photographs and that includes video clips. See, people are shocked now when they're checking their phone. Maura says, Trish, I have 3,829 photos on my phone. They're all of my grandchildren. I'm terrible uh, for them. Somebody else says, I badly need to clear out mine as well, says Tim. Tim has just checked in all photographs 16,839 and he's over 2,500 videos also on his phone. Tim, you definitely need a clear out there. Hi, I have 3,041 photos, 244 uh, videos. And Anne from Kenturk says, just checked 6,939 photos and 259 videos on my phone. Most of them are of the grandchildren. And Anne in Ballantemple says, Trish, I have over 8,000 photos, 2,500 videos. I really must seriously do so some uh, clearing out absolutely and Jim says Patricia Simon Coveney used the excuse first thing that he didn't have enough data on his phone and even gave the name of the Nokia phone and uh, and he said it was because he was hacked as the reason he deleted some some messages the appointment was to me a botched job from start to finish and to think Micheál Martin and Eamon Ryan didn't know anything about that uh, appointment. And then Michael says Barry Cowan. Now Barry Cowan is getting involved in all of this. Let me tell you why before I read Michael's commentary. This was something from Barry Cowan speaking on national radio earlier today, the Fianna Fáil uh, TD. He is now calling on Micheál Martin and says Micheál Martin needs to address the issue regarding the content of the text that was shared yesterday by Leo Leo Varadkar. 
Barry Cowan said that while he accepts Micheál Martin had said that no text should be deleted if they contain government business, he believes he needs to acknowledge the content of what was claimed in the text and that's more to do with who knew what and when everybody knew it. Well, Michael is getting a bit suspicious of why Barry Cowan of Fianna Fáil is coming out about it. Michael says, Barry Cowan is spitting bad blood over Micheál Martin sacking himself and he now wants Micheál Martin to get rid of Simon Cove knowing that Micheál Martin will not do it. Why? Because it would bring down the government. So Barry Cowan will now move a challenge on Micheál Martin. That is how I see this panning out. It is such a load of rubbish and the country on its knees. Please, deputies, talk about something more constructive than stupid text messages. That's from Michael. 1850-333-103. John Paul taking your calls. You can text our WhatsApp to 0862 Court today on C103. With John Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. I can't get over the number of people that have an opinion or review on this whole text message affair and the exchange between Leo Varadkar and Catherine Sapone and the Foreign Affairs Minister Simon uh, Coveney. We've got some people feeling silly season. You know, it's it's a storm in a teacup. Others saying it's not. Dan in Charleville says, for those involved in this hotel situation, the this this is now back to. So there's so many different parts to this. This is the Marion Hotel event in July that was organised. It's kind of a going away do. But Catherine Sapone had organised it. Uh, Dan says, for those involved in the hotel situation in Dublin and the texts that they were that were exchanged, those individuals in inverted commas who genuinely wish to be open and transparent about this sorry mess, the way forward is to hand over all of their relevant mobile devices to the Gardaí or to the Attorney General's office where the relevant deleted texts messages can then be retrieved let them then be printed and you can prove who said what and when they said it and the time they said it that's what's important because the timing of it is important because certain people said that they knew nothing about this appointment of Catherine Sapone text messages have come out to say well no because you sent that text 11 days before you said that you didn't know and actually you did know Imelda says how come last year Barry Cowan who I mentioned is out this morning saying Mio Martin needs to do something about it Barry Cowan was made to resign when the scandal came out about him but this this time, nobody seems to be resigning. We know if Micheál Martin forces Simon or Leo to go, what would happen? It would bring down the government. Nobody in government wants another general election. But it's unfair to others whose careers have been ruined in the past for smaller digressions and yet they had to resign. Conor Bannon says I feel it is it is important to discuss the text message issue. We have left too much corruption slide by in this country. Everybody needs to be held to account and seeing the appointment of Catherine Sapone, I feel questions do need to be asked and why she was offered this role and the fact that she stepped down from the position it's as if then it all got brushed under the carpet whereas Connor feels that that particular issue that appointment needs more investigation and that's the one thing that this text message affair is doing it's bringing all that back out into the open again and Kevin in Canturk says this text situation needs needs to be discussed and should not be treated as just a small matter. What else are who else are they thinking of promoting or of giving a job 
to something needs to be done about it. Okay, thank you for that. 1850-333-103. And people with the amount of because of Simon Coveney saying he's deleted stuff from his phone. It's got us all looking at our phones now to see how much information we actually have on our phones. Actually, what's a good thing to do is to look back over old text messages and, you know, series of conversations you would have had with people. It's quite interesting to do that as well, because most of us have all of that still on our phone. But it's the photos and the photos, of course, take up a lot of data on your phone as well. Pete in the city says the fact that we're talking about this and talking and, you know, and I've, I've people texting in about the number of photos. People are taken aback, actually, when they check the number of photos that they do have on their phone. Didn't realise that they had that many. Pete says it's a good reminder for people if they have an and Android phone to back up all of the photographs onto a Gmail account uh, t- to save the photographs. There's then everything is saved in the cloud and is not lost. Imagine those people who are texting in saying oh, they have all those precious photographs, particularly precious photographs of, say, grandchildren. Imagine losing 20 family photo albums back in the day. Remember when we had photo albums? Could you imagine if you simply lost all of those? If you don't back up your photographs and some and it's an Android phone and it gets stolen or something happens to it, you could lose all of those uh, photos. And that's yeah, that that is a really good point. Actually somebody else was on was it uh, Pat Pat O'Hara the video production uh, in Charleville and he says to people who have those videos and photographs if people want to contact him he can sort them out particularly the videos yeah, that might be a good idea and put the videos on to uh, to something OK thank you for that that's uh, Pat O'Hara if people want to transfer the uh, videos OK 1850 now moving on to a completely different topic because young people should be banned from driving at night time in order to reduce road deaths. That's according to a suggestion from the former Transport Minister, Shane Ross. And the reason Shane Ross was commenting was that in the UK, the government there are considering the introduction of what they're calling a graduated licence system for newly qualified drivers and part of that new licence for the UK would include a nighttime curfew for younger drivers. Kerry Independent Dáil Deputy Michael Healy-Way disagrees and he joins me. Good morning to you Michael. Good morning and thank you very much for having me on your show. Well you're very welcome. Now the former Transport Minister Shane Ross said it is absolutely statistically undeniable that younger people are involved in more car crashes. Could a nighttime curfew stop some of those crashes? No. The first thing I always say this when we're doing an interview like this is that I want to acknowledge the heartache and the torture that families have, have gone through when they've lost a loved relative, uh, either completely or had them injured in a road traffic accident. So it's always right to acknowledge that and that our sympathies are with those families. But having said that, you can't legislate for every accident. You can't put in place measures that will stop every accident. Remember, it's not many, many years ago when cars were being produced. They were produced with no safety belt. There was no such thing as a crumple zone. Uh, Cars were literally... If you had a bang, eh, there was nothing to protect you whatsoever, right? So our methods of transport have become safer in that there's all types of uh, brake devices, there's crumple zones, there's good safety devices, there's air cushions, there's all these different things. Our roads, uh, the surfaces are becoming better. Uh, We have crash barriers in place. 
in dangerous areas. But in spite of all that, people are still dying on our roads, and you have to ask yourself why. And the answer is the law of statistics. In other words, when you have a lot of people on the road, when you have a lot of people moving, going to and from work, people leaving busy lives, they are going to, unfortunately, and very sadly, have accidents. Now, picking on young people and targeting them now and saying that, oh, well, you know, we lock these people up at night and we won't allow them out. For God's sake, who are we to go saying to young people? And who am I as, as a legislator, a person that's elected to represent young people, as well as old people and middle-aged people? Who am I to come along and say to a young person, well, I don't trust you to drive your car safely. I don't trust you, so I'm going to vote through legislation in the doll to ban you from driving your vehicle that you've worked damn hard to have. You've worked damn hard to pay your insurance. And how dare I or any other legislator come along and say to that nice, young, respectable boy or girl, I'm not going to give you the same chance in life that I got. I was allowed to drive a car and I was allowed to go on the road when I was the, the age. And how dare I come along now at this stage and say, well, it's my belief. Or how dare Shane Ross come along and suggest that this is right? I think that's a no outrage. I think it's an infringement on young people's um, uh, basic right. What are we going to say to their parents? Oh, well, if Johnny gets a job down in, in, in a local hotel or in a factory at night, or if he needs to go to work in the evening, well, he might be able to drive there, all right. But when it comes to going home, you lift to head out and pick him up. Like mm. that's an outrage. And people living in rural areas, it's an attack on rural areas. Yeah, I was just going to bring that up. I mean, if you've got a young person living in a city or a large urban area where there's public transport, they may be able to get to and from work if they needed to go, or to and from anywhere. But you can't say the same about people living in a rural area. Shane can say that, no bother in the world. But tell that to a young boy or girl in, in Balanskelegs or in Goleen or, or, or in Doris are, 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 are in uh, Dramukti. Say that to uh, young people around in our type of areas. Oh, yes, get mom or dad or, or rent your uncle to drive you to and from work because you run a night shift. These young people, like I say, give them the same chance and the same rights that you and I and everybody else have. And don't mind this, trying to wrap people up in cotton wool. Of course, I'd give my back teeth if I thought that I could save one person's hair on their head and stop them of having an accident. But I'm not able to. And the reason I'm not able to is because the law of averages will dictate that, sadly, people will have accidents. I do an enormous amount of driving, and it's only by the grace of God. And by uh, and, and I've had plenty of different things happen to me on the road. But, like, that's the law of averages. If you're not driving much, perhaps not much will happen to you. But if you're on the road a lot, and if the roads are being used, there will be accidents. People will make mistakes. And, and I've made plenty of them in my time, and so will everybody else. But you can't legislate for error. You can't legislate for mishaps that happen. Uh, a person could skid. Uh, and, of course, we want people to slow down and be responsible. But I'll tell you one thing. The majority of the young people that I know, they are responsible because they adore their driver's license. They adore their motor car. They're after working hard for it and maybe got assistance from their parents if they could afford it. And they, they cherish their little license when they get it and they want to go on the road. We have boys and girls who want to improve and get more categories on their licenses. They want to get truck and lorry licenses. And they bless your good God down on every one of them. And the message that I'd have for young people today, you can rely on people 
like me, and I know for certain in, in the, a lot of the areas that you're talking about, and I, I'm, I'm not a spokesman for a person like Michael Collins, but I know in my heart and soul that Michael Collins would have the same attitude about an issue like this, that he, that he and plenty others like me from rural areas would be saying, we'll support young people and we won't penalise them because how dare we? How dare any politician here in Ireland come out with a suggestion of a curfew? You'd swear to God that these young people were after doing something out of the way. Give them the same chance and the same opportunity in life that every one of the rest of us got and but, let them be finding their own feet and please God they'll be safe. But, and by the way, do you feel learner drivers already have enough restrictions on them? These are the but learner of drivers. They do. Yeah. Of course, don't they have to do every type of test and theory test? And and it's like it's like when Shane Ross wanted to bring in graduated penalty points where he wanted to ensure that if a person made any couple of mistakes at all on one single journey, you could literally put off, be put off the road by the end of that journey. I don't agree with that type of rubbish either, because it, there was one time penalty points were supposed to be a measure of saving lives. I don't believe that anymore. Penalty points, and for instance, our speed vans where they're being located now, it's like catching uh, a fish in a little bowl. Uh, what they're doing now, it's about revenue, and it's about statistics and saying, oh, well, we caught so many people. It's not about necessarily about saving lives. Before, when a speed van had to be put somewhere, there had to be signs up there. You couldn't have speed vans on the motorway. That's all changed now. And why? It's not about saving lives. It's about collecting revenue and penalising people who are going to work. Yeah, and, and I know when you see, you often see a speed van and it's parked at the top of a climbing lane and that always frustrates me because you're thinking somebody has to speed up on a climbing lane because they're trying to overtake somebody and you're to the top of the hill and there's a speed van and wow, uh, so many people are, are getting caught that way. So I think a lot of people will agree with you on that. But just by the way, looking at the, because I know Shane Ross, the reason he brought it up was because of what's happening over in the UK. And by the way, there are only proposals in the UK. But one of the proposals in the UK is to ban young drivers carrying passengers under a certain age. Obviously, what they're trying to do is stop a carload of, say, young fellas or young girls. Would you, go, would you be against that? More rubbish, more Gestapo type stuff. Where are we in Red Russia? If, if, what do they want to do? Stop a young boy from making friends with a young girl or a partner that they might want to go out courting at night. What are we going to do with young people? Tell them, oh, well, you're not allowed to uh, meet up with each other because Shane Ross or other people over in England think it's a good idea for him not to meet up. More rubbish. What are we going to do? Tell the people they can't go courting? For God's <laughs> sake. I mean, okay. people have to get real in life. Right. And I don't give a tuppany halfpenny damn if politicians over in, in, in England, if they think this is a good suggestion and if people like Shane Ross want to come along and agree with it, my answer is, well, you're the same geniuses that thought it was a good idea to vote yourselves out of the EU and create such a monumental mess that it'll take generations and generations to try and come to grips with the problems that they created. These were the politicians that, that uh, led us into those type of situations. And I'm not going to be led by the hand by any politician over in England, be they senior or junior politicians, nor am I going to be led by the hand by people who are retired politicians here in Ireland who I have nothing but respect for in other regards. I'm not coming on having a, a rave about Shane Ross because while but I... You, but you just think he's, wrong, you think he's wrong on this. You just think, he's, think wrong he's wrong on this. On okay. this. But having said and that, everybody knows that I was always very, very uh, cordial and friendly with Shane because absolutely. We, we, had, we had offices near, and I'm sure that in his own heart and soul, he means well. But, yeah, but what I'm saying is sometimes well-intentioned 
can have the opposite All right. effect. Okay. And just, I just don't agree and, with what and, and just very finally, because we had a lot of people commenting on this uh, this morning, everything that's going on with the release of the text messages, and in particular, Simon Coveney saying he he regularly deletes text messages and clears everything off his phone. Do you do that? Do you, de- do you delete things from your, your phone? On a regular basis, I have to be honest. I do, and and one thing that I I um, I, I like having the phone and the regarding as good as anybody, right? But sometimes, if if um, if things were sent to your phone, that let me be polite about this, that I might consider rude or something like that, I obviously would delete that sort of thing from my phone. Uh, now, number one, you might have, we're all human beings. You might have a laugh at something. It could be a joke or it could be something. Uh, but at the same time, you wouldn't like it to be there on your phone. And and of course, I would delete things. And what I would do on a regular basis is, if I thought a thing was finished with or dispensed with, I would delete it. So would I be down on top of Simon Coveney because of deleting stuff off a phone? I wouldn't. But having said that, if you thought something was important, and you must remember, when you're talking about ministers and senior people in government, they have to think differently, perhaps, to the rest of us. Because they are really accountable for departments, they're accountable for monumental decisions. And of course, what happened in that whole debacle, it was handled badly, it was handled poorly. And I'll put it to you this way, and I'll leave you with this word. If it was a Healy Ray that was appointed to that position, or if it was a, a Michael Collins that was appointed to that position because they had supported a government or done something like that, there'd be people in the media circles They'd be going around like vultures saying, oh, my God, this is criminal. This is outrageous. The minister's head will have to roll. The Healy Ray's head will have to roll. And there'd be absolute war about it. What are the media saying about this? It's all over with it. Not in a week. It's fine out. It's fine out because it was Leo, wonderful Leo, the man that gives them all the information they want, whatever they want, and courts gives them information from meetings that he's inside and the people outside the meeting know more about what's happening at the meeting if he was there than the people inside of the meeting. That is a well-known fact. Well, it's getting a lot of coverage in the media. You can't say the media are ignoring it. It's, I mean, no, it's, it, no, it, it isn't look, going away for yes, sure. And I, yes. and I think there's a lot in government would like to see it just go away. They very well might. But look, they made a mess of it. From the very beginning to the very end, they made a mess of it. Okay. And and, and look, it's, it's their mess. They can be cleaned. And, up yeah, and, yeah, and it, it isn't going away. Listen, Michael, we leave it there. Thank you for that. And thanks for joining us on the programme as always. Good, good morning to you. Bye bye. That Thank is Kerry, independent uh, doll deputy, Michael Heaney Way. 1850 Liz says, oh no, not Shane Ross again. Tell people, fix the roads. And you can tell um, Shane Ross where to go. That's by text to 0862-103-103. Court today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale. Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. For motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance, cmig.ie. Public transport capacity has increased to 100% since yesterday. It had been operating, operating at 75% due to COVID-19 restrictions. However, full capacity has returned in line with the return of schools and, of course, the phased return to the workplaces in the coming weeks. So how will it operate and what plans are in place to keep people safe? Joining me, Francis McCarthy, who is Bus Aaron's Assistant Services Manager here in Cork. Good morning to you, Francis. Good morning, Patricia. And Thank you for inviting me on. Well, you're very welcome. Are all bus routes now back to 100% capacity from this week? 
Yes, Patricia, they are. Since yesterday, the 1st of September, we were very happy to welcome our customers back to 100% capacity. And that is on all our services throughout Cork City and County and nationwide. And all passengers must wear masks still. That remains in place. Yes, that's correct. Um, Under the current guidelines, the wearing of face coverings is mandatory on public service. Of course, there are exemptions. And for our customers, we would always encourage our customers to continue to follow the guidelines and to wear a face covering to protect their their fellow customers themselves and, of course, our staff also. Now, our drivers also wear face coverings when our customers are boarding and alighting from our buses. In addition to that, we are, of course, safeguarding our staff and our customers' health and well-being we have additional hand sanitising units in place on board all our buses and in our bus stations. Um, windows will be left open on our buses where available to improve ventilation. And our vehicles are cleaner than ever now. Um, we've always had very high hygiene standards, but we have touch point cleaning during the day on our fleet. And also all our buses are, of course, deep cleaned overnight. OK. And do people need to book seats online? Is that recommended? On our expressway services, it is possible to book a seat and to reserve your seat. So that is very helpful for our customers. You can book in advance and and reserve your seat on our expressway services. On our PSO services, which we operate under contract to the National Transport Authority, for anybody who's concerned about travelling, we would advise people, you know, plan your journey in advance and perhaps travel at off-peak times when it's quiet or for anybody who is a little bit concerned about returning on our services now that they're at 100% capacity. And and do you accept that there are some people, uh, Francis, who are just going to be a little bit nervous about sitting beside a total stranger? And it just seems ludicrous that we're even saying that because pre the pandemic, you might have loved sitting beside a total stranger and having a chat with somebody on a journey. And, uh, you know, many times you wild away a journey by chatting to a complete stranger. But there's a, there is a sense of nervousness there, isn't there, for some people? Absolutely. And that's very understandable. The pandemic has certainly been very, very challenging, I think, for everybody. But again, I would like to reassure our customers that we take every measure that we possibly can to ensure that all our services are as as clean and as hygienic as possible and that we have all those measures in place to protect our customers. As I say, when you board the bus, there's hand sanitising units that are there for our customers. And we would again strongly recommend that all our customers follow the guidelines and wear face coverings to to keep each other safe Mm. and to keep our staff safe. And do you expect some routes to be busier than others and at certain times of the day to be busier? Yes, well, certainly with the return of schools and with the return of the workers to the workplace as well, we do feel that our peak time services will always be busier. They would be our services between 7am and 10am and also between 6pm and 7pm. And for anybody who can and who is a little bit concerned, it might be a good idea and make you to reassure you to maybe look at travelling in between those times when it is a little bit quieter. But certainly, as we see everything returning to to some sense of normality and restrictions ease, we do expect that our services will continue to to grow with passenger numbers. How did day one go, Francis? Day one was very positive, Patricia. Everybody um, is glad to see our customers come back and we're glad to, to see things return to normal. 
we haven't returned yet to the number of customers that we carried pre-COVID-19, but we have been seeing a growth in passenger numbers this year, maybe since May. Um, our restrictions were eased from 25% to 50% to 75%, and we did see that increase in numbers Whereas we're not quite back yet to the numbers that we have carried before the pandemic, we do expect to see continued growth over the next number of months. Yeah, well, we're going to have the colleges, people heading back to colleges in the coming weeks. And of course, on September 20th, the phase return to the workplace. So it certainly is going to get busier for you guys. It is, absolutely. And we, we very much welcome our customers back on board. And as I say, you know, we do we, we do want to reassure that we have hygiene standards in place and again just that little encouragement to remember to wear your face covering and our drivers do the very same yeah. they wear their face coverings other customers are getting on and off the buses yeah. so we just really want to reassure everybody that we have got your safety and your well-being it's our top priority and we are taking all those measures to keep everyone safe okay. and well okay well done and Camille well done to you and, and everybody involved in, in Bus Air and, and indeed Irish Rail I mean during the pandemic I know you had reduced uh, capacity but you always managed to keep going and you got people safely from A to B and that's what it was all about listen Francis pleasure to talk to you thank you for that and thanks for joining us Thank you very much, Patricia. Good morning to you. Bye-bye. If you need to jump on the bus, all the buses back running at 100% at uh, Bus Aaron's Assistance Services Manager in Cork, Francis McCarthy. We're going to take a break. We have news at 11 on the way. In the next hour, we're hearing a call for the Passport Office to reopen in Cork and Dublin uh, to try to get through the backlog of passports. Cork Today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale. Now part of McCarthy Insurance. Group. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. CMIG.ie. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Now, somebody's drawn our attention to something that's happening at the Cork County Board, which are now stopping clubs from live streaming matches. And I'm picking up a piece that's in today's Corkman newspaper about this, as, and it's just as the GA grounds are getting ready for as the country prepares to welcome larger attendances because of course we have the relaxation of the pandemic restrictions so it means more and more people can go to matches and it seems the Cork County Board has issued an instruction to all clubs in the county that streaming of local club matches is now banned by the county board and that's um, will come as a bitter blow I think as you know it's at the start of the 2021 championship with 21 games across all grades and codes this weekend and, and I'm assuming many of those were going to be live streamed by the individual clubs. Now according to this letter from the Cork County Board further permission for the streaming of games will not be granted. They say it's due to the restrictions on attendance now being lifted and the desire all for the return of spectators. The only streaming of games will be conducted by the Irish Examiner because they've reached an exclusive agreement with the County Board last year so they're going to be streaming some matches but according to the Corkman today it's not clear which matches, if any, from the weekend schedule will be broadcast on that website. Now while clubs were loath to criticise the County Board openly for the move some did express disappointment not alone at the move itself but at the timing of it coming so close to this year's Championship opening weekend. The Cork County PRO 
Joe Blake is quoted in the Corkman saying that the streaming had been allowed last year and that was obviously due to uh, COVID but they're stopping it this year because the emphasis was on getting supporters to go to the uh, matches. Now he was asked about the deal for streaming of the matches with the Irish Examiner and he says that there will be only one game streamed live this weekend and there'd be an average of two or three on other weekend so it's a small number of uh, uh, games and while he did sympathise particularly with people who were in hospital or people who were overseas I mean that was one of the great things about the local clubs streaming the matches you had people literally all over the world uh, able to tune in to watch their local team play and what a buzz and what an excitement that must have been uh, you know it, 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 exiles who were away particularly during the pandemic who couldn't get home I mean you think of people in New Zealand in, in Australia who haven't a hope of getting home and won't be able to get home for many, many months uh, to come. And for them to be able to watch their local team play must have been a huge buzz and must have made them feel a little bit closer to home, even if it was just for the 90 minutes or whatever it was of the actual game or the, the streaming of it itself. Anyway, uh, the GA has him, and for people who are in hospital, they do have sympathy for those who are o- overseas. But they're, they're saying their big thing now is that the only reason that they allowed the streaming to go ahead was because of COVID and people couldn't attend the matches and the big one now is to get as many people as possible in through the gates and get them back watching the matches uh, live and of course if people want to purchase tickets for the games for any of the Cork GAA games they can go to www.gaacork.ie but I'm wondering how many people are being as that article says People bitterly disappointed. I don't know what the viewing figures were, how many people were watching the live streaming, whether many people watched it or not. But the GAA has now told, and this is for every single county in Cork, they've been told they no longer have permission to stream the local club uh, matches. Your thoughts welcomed on that, please. 1850-333-103 on banks and banking and everything going people have been asked now to do all their banking services themselves and it's very hard if you go into a bank to talk to somebody. Mavis says, my husband doesn't use a computer and he doesn't even have a mobile phone. If I wasn't here he would be in big, big trouble when it comes to banking because now everything to do with banking has gone digital. The problem with life now is nobody talks anymore. You go to a wedding or to a restaurant and you will even see people texting each other across the table. Also, says Mavis, the younger generation today cannot spell and they talk gobbledygook. My English teacher would be turning in her grave, says uh, Mavis. Well, sometimes the spelling error can be, can be to do with predictive texts. So often have you sent a text to somebody and the completely wrong word uh, comes out. But, and I have seen people in restaurants do that and uh, text across the table, which doesn't make any sense, uh, sense to me at all. Uh, but Mavis is bemoaning the fact that there are people who are just not tech uh, savvy. And Anne says in Newmarket, she said, I can't even check how much I have in my bank account. I have to go to Canturk to check it as the machine in the new market doesn't allow you to look at your balance. So they're not even trying to make it that easy for people. Some of the banks, when they're asking people to do everything online or to do everything through an ATM machine. And actually, when Mavis mentions people not talking to each other when they're in a restaurant or when they're at a wedding, we have a listener in West Cork that says, where's that text gone? This is somebody who wants to go out and talk. Uh, says, hi Patricia, I'm just wondering doing what your listeners you make of this or does anybody know 
of exactly what's going on here. I wanted to take my son for a meal. I wanted to go into a local hotel. I was told not possible because they're only serving residents or there's not enough staff. That is a crazy situation. Very unhappy. Bantry listener thanking you, says uh, Patricia. Uh, and, and Thanks, Patricia. And is wondering, is, is that the same across all hotels? I know when I had my staycation last month, I, we stayed in a couple of hotels. I was in the, the, the gorgeous Harbourview Hotel in Skull. They definitely had people coming in for, for meals, certainly in the bar. Don't know about the restaurant. I ate in the restaurant at night for dinner and I don't know if it was just restaurants or whether they were taking bookings, but certainly the bar out the front, which was serving gorgeous food, they certainly had people booking tables and, and they were doing a walk-ins. But then I stayed in another hotel in Tipperary, and as we went into the hotel, there was a big sign saying that eat, eating indoors was for residents only. Now, I know when we get to the 22nd, a lot, 22nd of October, but then that's another, what, six weeks away, a lot of these will change. But I don't know, is that the case in all hotels? And I think it could be right, though. It could be to do with staffing and a lot in hospitality are having big, big problems getting staff. And I know I was talking with John Paul in the office during the week and it's something, it's a topic that we're hoping to address and talk about on the programme. The Restaurant Association, I'm assuming it's the same in bars, with young people who took up jobs during the summer months, those that will be heading back to school or heading back to college. There is going to be a problem and I've already seen online some restaurants saying that they're closed for so many days every week. They don't want to be closed but they just can't get the staff. So this is going to be a problem going forward and it could be for our upset listener unhappy listener it could be that the particular hotel that you're talking about that you went to maybe they just don't have enough staff and they obviously then have to look after the residents that are staying in the hotel and for that reason because there's very few businesses will be turning down business in the current climate and if they could allow people in I'm sure they would but I don't know how many other hotels are in the very same situation so people who have eaten out in hotels are many hotels running with that that they're only serving food and only allowing residents into the dining room. Your thoughts on that please 1850 and there was just a couple of texts in reacting to my interview with Michael Healy Ray in the last hour and somebody says oh Patricia I love Michael Healy Ray I could listen to him all day at long. Yeah it's hard to get a word in with him he's he's great when and when he gets off on one and he really was he gets so passionate about topics and he really was passionate about trying to defend young drivers for sure and Tim says hi Patricia I don't often agree with Deputy Michael Healy Ray but now I couldn't agree more with with his points this morning and his sentiments on proposed changes to driving laws for younger people and he's right uh, says Tim we can't wrap people up in cotton wool Statist- the laws are there and statistically unfortunately if you have more cars on the road you unfortunately are going to see more accidents and the knock on of that effect is you're going to see uh, more road uh, fatalities much as we would wish to stop them thank you for that uh, Tim and then a listener is having a problem with the wearing of masks and we know that even when the the majority of restrictions, all of the restrictions get lifted on the 22nd of October. It's looking, it is 
masks are going to remain in place. Masks are going to remain in place in healthcare settings. So if you're going to a nursing home or you're going to visit a doctor, any kind of a medical appointment, you'll have to wear a mask. They're also going to remain in place on all public transport, your trains and your buses. And they're also going to remain in place in all retail settings. So when you go to the shop, to the supermarket, we're going to have to continue wearing masks. So we have a listener who is one of our regular listeners who's contacted us about this, uh, this before because she has an issue and a problem around wearing masks. And she says, Patricia, I don't care what anybody says or what this government say. If someone cannot wear a mask and can prove it, then there surely is nothing that can be said. Twice this week, I've had an issue with the not wearing of masks. Firstly, I was in real pain with my chest and I walked into my own doctor's practice. At the reception, I was stopped and person said, you're not wearing a mask. I said, the doctor knows that I can't wear a mask. I was told, sorry, you can't see the doctor unless you are wearing a mask. I was in such bad pain, I then had to leave. Then this morning, I was stopped at my local supermarket. A bloke came up to me and said, excuse me, you're not wearing a face mask. Same thing again, I said to them, can't wear a mask. I've been in lots of supermarkets and nobody ever asks me about a mask, but I got challenged today. This discrimination must stop. I have to try and sort out my pain now with painkillers. And by the way, I'm still waiting for my doctor to phone me and that since Monday. Well, I would be getting back onto your your GP to say that because obviously if you're in a lot of pain, you need more than painkillers. If you've got some kind of a chest infection, you're obviously going to need uh, to get some kind of an antibiotic. So I will be getting back onto your doctor to get, even if they do an appointment with you over the phone. And I'm wondering if, if you're saying that your doctor knows that you can't wear a mask, then you need to explain to the doctor what happened to you in the reception. And the other thing I would say, what about, because we've had others who've come on and they have letters from their doctors saying that due to whatever medical reason, they can't wear a mask and therefore they can... Pr- prove and show to somebody in a shop or whatever, well look I've, I don't have to wear a mask because of this. But what, what a lot of people have said before when this topic comes up is, what about wearing a face visor? I've been in lots and lots of supermarkets where I've seen people who obviously, same as yourself, for a medical reason, can't wear the face mask uh, because it, it's, they struggle with their breathing. What I would suggest that you do is, is get one of the visors. Those visors are on sale in um, I've seen them all over the place. I see them in lots of supermarkets. You know, the clear visor and that offers protection. You, you would protect yourself against others because remember we wear masks to protect other people. That's the main reason we wear masks even though a lot of people take comfort from wearing masks because they feel it's protecting them, themselves as well. But the main reason you wear a mask is if God forbid you got COVID and you were passing it on to other people. So have you tried wearing a face visor and how, how did you get on with that? Because you can certainly breathe with uh, face uh, visors. 1850 On the streaming of the GAA matches Caroline is in Middleton uh, good morning to you, Caroline. Morning, Patricia. Your son is one of those exiles that I spoke about that like to watch the matches online. Yes, and um, I suppose um, when I was speaking there with John Paul, I just felt really emotional because, um, like, my family is, I think I was born, <coughs> pardon me, <coughs> I, I think I was, <coughs> sorry, I think I was born with a hurley in my mouth, mm. but uh, my son emigrated um, to work and he's married to an Irish girl, thank God, and which is neither here nor there, but they have two boys and now he's not going to be able to show them. They're like the little, the, well, the oldest boy is five um, 
and he just loves the first thing he got from both sets of grandparents was his Hurley, his Cork jersey, his local jersey, you know, and I'd say, like, his friends probably think he's crazy, but, you know, it's our Irish game, and I want them to be able to see it. And if the GAA are going to stop this, um, I just think they're denying our exiles, they're denying my son, my grandchildren, and anybody, like, further afield, Australia, you know, they, they form clubs out there. They build bridges out there. They meet each other out there. And our game is important. And they want to see our club games. They want to see how their club is doing. They want to see, you know, um, how, like how the county is doing, you know. And the, the banter, I know, between counties out there is very good, you know, and it's very, like, very friendly and happy and it brings them together and now we're it's coming down to club and the GA are deciding that um they can't uh, just stream it for yeah and for my two little grandchildren their, you know? their argument is that they want all the clubs to stop streaming it because they want to get people in through the gates buy your tickets and people to go to the matches. But I wonder really how many people would, people who genuinely want to go to a match, I always feel will go to a match. Hell or high water, exactly. they'll get, get, particularly now that the restrictions have been lifted and people, they you know, there, there are people absolutely love going. And, I, yeah, and I don't know, yeah, I don't know Other really. Yeah, I don't know, you know if somebody would say, oh, sure, I'd rather sit at home and watch it on the computer or go to a match. If people genuinely want to go to the match, I don't think streaming it live is going to stop somebody. Do you? No. Yeah. And you see, um, during the last couple of years, um, we've got used to having it in our sitting rooms or whatever. But now it's coming down. Last year it was uh, club first, then county. This year it was county, then now club. But you know what? We're going into the winter. Um, elderly people are not, like, I know my own parents are not going to want to be going, you know, sitting cold in the stadium, you know. And we're not into the kind of, <laughs> we're not, yet at the stage that we can blank blankets over and eat, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I but, know, I know, but but hugely you know, disappointing for uh, for the hugely. people overseas and for people in hospital. Somebody else mentioned. And I think exactly. you're right. Older oh, people who wouldn't be go, wouldn't be going to, to to the match. My, and um, and when did you last see the grandchildren, Carolyn, in the flesh? I haven't seen them since the end of 2019, and I haven't met um, Toby at all. Uh, I haven't met Toby yet, you know. That's the new grandchild, is it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's so, it's like, tough, isn't it? Oh, it's very tough, very tough. But I, like, I want, I'm I'm Irish, I'm proud, I'm local, I'm Cork. <laughs> you know, I just want them to know what we know. And what my son know, knew, my, sorry, my son knew, um, um, Ian would have been a goalkeeper and possibly could have been playing for Waterford because we did live in Waterford for 12 years. <laughs> <laughs> um, and my daughter um, was born in Waterford. So um, you have a lot in common. <laughs> to God. Okay, I can see a lot of but people. La- having said that, um, she, she 
call she is a she's a proud cork girl and so is my son. Okay. But it's you know, the long story short, Trisha, is that um once they need to see it. We have eggs abroad, their children need to see it and they need to see the crazy game that it is and it's such it's it's actually the best game in the world. Uh, I hurling, I think it is as well. Night. I think hurling is as well. Okay, listen, a lot of people agreeing and uh, thank oh, you. Thank, thank you for that. And a lot of people are saying this is coming down to money. Um, uh, thanks for that, Caroline. A lot of people saying this is coming down to money. This is what this is all about. Uh, Fidel has gone so far as to say people should boycott the matches uh, if if it's just that they want to get people in so that people can purchase uh, tickets. Fidelma is was so annoyed when she heard that local clubs are not going to be allowed to stream the matches that she has decided she is not going to pay into her local GA lottery anymore. Well then the club, the local club will get affected by that though, isn't it, um, Fidelma? 1850-333-103. John Paul taking your calls. You can text her WhatsApp 0862-103-103. C103 Jobs. Health and safety officer is wanted. That's for a leading construction company. You send a CV please to jobs at hamiltonfrench.com. Shuttering carpenters and concrete finishers are wanted for work in North, East and West Cork. Call 087 4099248. Sales assistant required for Mr Price, that's in Balancholic. CVs to recruitment at mrprice.ie. And the Island Wood Fitted Furniture in Newmarket, they've got a vacancy for an apprentice cabinet maker. Text your details please to 087 3 481152. You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. Court today on C103. With John Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. Now, an appeal has been made to reopen the passport offices in Cork and in Dublin in order to tackle the backlog of applications. And that appeal has been made by the Irish Travel Agents Association. Joining me from Dawson Travel in Cork is Paul Dawson. Good morning to you, Paul. Good morning. How are you? I'm very well and and you're welcome. How long is it currently taking to process a new passport? And it's the new passports that's causing the big problems, isn't it? Yeah, it's for the newborns. They're really struggling and the backlog is just immense. They're staying upwards in as long as 13 weeks now to get a brand new passport for any newborn or anyone whose passport hadn't been renewed within a number of years. So you have to start the process over again. Because if you're just renewing an existing passport online, there doesn't seem to be an issue around that. It's more simple because you don't have to bring forms. It's all done online. You can actually take the photograph on your phone and, and, and put it through the system. And it's a great system. And they work really well with that system in the, in the passport offices. Where the trouble lies is anyone that may need an emergency passport in this day and age, unfortunately, there are... You know, emergency trips required, sick people abroad, things like that. And in the past, we used to be able to walk straight into a passport office by appointment only, obviously, and get one even same day or within three days. Uh, so as you can catch a funeral or, or any major emergency, you might have to go to abroad. But that's not possible now. So people are missing funerals. Um, I, I've had customers where 
a husband has been able to travel over to a funeral, but the, the sister or wife and sister were not because they couldn't get the passports in time. And that was a, a close family member's funeral. Wow. Yeah, because p- people straight away, when they think of passports, think, oh, this is all about people going on holidays. It's not. No, people travel no. for a variety of different reasons. Absolutely. Yeah. And the main reason and why we're calling, basically, on we, we, we just want to know why it's not open. All other essential uh, situations and industries are open. Like even retail, I've been taking appointments for the last six months. If you wanted to go in and, and buy clothes, you could make an appointment, go in. That's what was required of us. Of us. Uh, why can't the passport offices do the same? The system is already in place, so we don't understand why, and we haven't been told why. Yeah, and what's what's it, what's interesting is it's not that there's nobody working at the passport office. They are, because exactly. when, when, when I checked with the... Department of Foreign Affairs on the passport section and they're saying yes that the passport office in Dublin and Cork are closed and they say this is to allow us to have all our staff work on processing passport applications so if they're working on processing passport applications why can't somebody go in with an emergency and and allow it to be sorted out and why is there a 13 week delay if everyone is working yeah it's just, it doesn't it's, make sense. No, but they no. haven't given any clarity on it, and that's the biggest problem. On top of that, then, over the last couple of years, you've had a lot of people get married, have babies. Obviously, there's a big baby boom. Um, might have been working in essential worker throughout this whole pandemic. Didn't get a chance of a honeymoon. Now have a young baby. They can't go. They have a 13-week wait. But also, on top of that, there is also a massive delay on birth certs. There's, we're being told, uh, they're behind at least two, three weeks. So you have to wait, the normal time is 30 days, plus the two, three week delay, and then wait 13 weeks for the passport to come in. And okay, that's all well and good if you're planning a trip for 2022 and you've all the time in the world. But as you exactly. say, if it's if it's urgent, if there's a family member is very yeah. sick, it might be the last time you'll ever get to see that family member. Or if yeah. you want to go back and support, you know, somebody at a funeral, it's yeah. It, it really well, we we also had a situation and it, it was awful, whereby the grandmother was in the UK, was passing away, and wanted to meet the grandchild but couldn't. There was no way of getting the passport in time. Oh, Paul, that's heartbreaking. Yeah. And did she pass away? Yeah. Oh, my God. So so are you saying that there's no way of even in an emergency like that for somebody even to be able to ring and say, look, this is the dilemma we find ourselves in. There's no system like that in place. Well, the system that was in place was appointment. That is now, if you go on their website and try to make an appointment, it's closed off due to COVID-19, but no explanation as to what you need to do. You you can go in through the renewal process or email in, but uh, we're being told to turn around then for major emergency. If you plead your case and they listen, minimum three days, but three days is too long. 
a lot of cases mm. people need it and go that same day or the following morning. And that's the way it's always operated because it says, please do not attend our public office as you will not be able to speak to a member of staff or you will not be able to drop off documents. And that's yeah. normally what happened to people. People would turn up, they'd plead their case, they'd bring their documents with them and they'd normally, within a few hours, a passport would be turned around. So that's what's yeah, happened. And now you're waiting on a response to an email. Yeah, yeah, that's, that, that really is... That so is we just want work. an explanation. As to why, yeah, as yeah. to why, and I mean, surely they're not going. They're, we're not going to have to wait until the, tw- the till the twenty second of October, will we? For, we will, don't know. They haven't yeah. even explained to us why they're doing it. Never mind. Never, never mind when they're going to reopen. Yeah, and there's nothing on it to indicate when they're going to uh, reopen. And no. Paul, are you starting to see an increase in travel abroad for those lucky enough to still have an up to date passport? Yeah, there is bit. Um, obviously. The closure now of Cork Airport um, on the 12th of September for minimum 10 weeks has really affected kind of the Munster region. Obviously, we have Shannon, thankfully, um, but capacities, uh, you know, flights aren't as fluid as they were before. So we're we're really kind of stuck with, uh, you know, minimum options and there's nothing new. And as a result of that, bookings are low. They are, we're at about 20% maybe of 2019 before the pandemic. So as an industry, yeah, we have really, really struggled. And thankfully, the CRSS was in place for us. Um, but obviously, that was cut off recently enough. But going forward, it's just obstacle after obstacle. It just feels like the government are extremely anti-travel. And even with the reopening, they're then closing airports. And now we can't get passports. You know, it's just an obstacle race. And are people starting to look at next year? Are people sort Absolutely. of saying? Absolutely. We're yeah. taking bookings every day for next year. Uh, we were even turning away bookings for this year because we were unsure of rules, regulations. It was so uncertain. Remember at the beginning, even on the 19th of July, people really didn't know what was required of them. And they're ringing us asking for all the information. And we were relaying it, but it was changing. Um, so we focus mainly on advertising 2022, um, massive sales and cruises for next year. Uh, the honeymooners are catching up on those trips that they missed out in the last year or two, myself included. <laughs> I did a staycation, um, which I really enjoyed up around Donegal. But you didn't, but you didn't get away on, on, on a, a proper honeymoon. No, 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 no. Hopefully, hopefully next year. Have you, have you, have you anything booked? No, I haven't anything booked yet, but I will be. I'm biding my time. Where does a travel agent go on a honeymoon? I, for... Um, Do I need to ask your wife? Yeah, she'll be deciding. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, 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 I go, I'd love to go anywhere I haven't been. Um, yeah. You think as a travel agent you've been everywhere, but we've been, we get to go to a lot of nice places, but... Uh, we, I was recently up to two, three years ago in Cuba. Absolutely adored Cuba. Really, really brilliant as a honeymoon destination. Is it? But, yeah. Yeah, loved it. Fantastic people, great service and hotels, good prices too. And r- romantic? Yeah if, yeah, if you're the romantic type, you can make it romantic, okay. yeah. All right, because I'm just thinking, yeah, you've got to remember, it is your honeymoon, Paul. It is, <laughs> isn't it all about a place you want to see? It's got to be nice and romantic and chill out and relax and all of that. Exactly, all right, that's okay. what all about. And just very finally, for those who are caught up in the backlog of these uh, applications, is the advice, Paul, not to book at the moment until you have that passport in your hand? 
I'm afraid to say yes. Yeah. I wouldn't because, yeah, God forbid that you ha- you have everything booked. The airline certainly aren't going to give your money back. Um, so, yeah, you will end up paying fees to change it. And, um, yeah, you could lose your whole entire holiday. Yeah, uh, somebody says, hi, I applied for my daughter's first passport nine and a half months ago. Uh, in March, I sent my husband's passport as was required. And it looks like his passport now has been lost in their office. Every time we contact the Department of Foreign Affairs, the agents reply with something different. It's been going on for two months. I've been waiting for a call from a manager who's supposed to deal with the, ma- uh, the matter. And I'm still waiting for that phone call. God, that's adding to your frustration. Because yeah, there's hundreds of those cases yeah, out there. But, yeah. but we still don't know who is in charge of the passport offices. We don't know. They have never come out and spoken. Okay, listen, Paul, we thank you for that and uh, thanks a million for joining us on the programme this morning. Not at all, thank you. Good morning to you. Bye-bye. That is uh, Paul Dawson of Dawson Travel with the ongoing problems that people are facing with trying to get a passport and particularly if it's a straightforward one, no problem at all. If you can just renew online, yeah, people having no, we've had great stories of people doing it online and the next day the postman delivers a new passport. Wonderful, efficient service. But if it's a new passport or if it's a new baby and you're getting a passport for the first time or if there's any kind of complication with the passport, that's where the delays are. But then to have somebody have their passport lost, does that mean you've got to start all over again? Your husband has to reapply for a new passport and join the queue. 1850 333 103. John Paul taking your calls. Text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103. Court today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale. Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. For motor, home, business, farm, life, and health insurance, cmig.ie. People very, very angry by this decision by the County Board uh, banning the live streaming of matches. And I, I'm not ignoring your comments. I will come back to them. But I just want to move on because I want to go to Sergeant John Kelly, who's in from Oigard, the station. Good morning to you, John. Good morning, uh, Patricia. And Thank you for having me. You are, you're very welcome. Can we start with a house, uh, some house burglaries that you want to talk about? That's correct, Patricia. And first of all, I suppose just uh, pay tribute to uh, C103 and the listeners for information that they provided that led to a successful outcome on the ones that I'm just going to cover. Okay. Um, and I suppose we start there at Friday of last week. Um, between 12 noon and 12.30, two burglaries occurred, one in Anakisha Mallow and one in Castletown Roach. Uh, from in initial inquiries, uh, our people at the scene uh, were looking for a blue BMW uh, 07LK registration. Now, an appeal subsequently was put out on C103, and that led to quite a lot of in, uh, information forthcoming from members of the public, and thankfully that included a number of people getting the full registration of the car. Um, so from, uh, we obviously went about our work and, um, the following day, uh, on the southbound, uh, motorway, motorway headings, heading south, a uh, car was stopped, uh, bearing that registration. Three, uh, males were arrested and they were detained. Um, the stop, um, involved, uh, using the armed, res- armed support unit and other, uh, members of the Gardaí. So, uh, three people were arrested, three males, they were uh, detained. Um, they were subsequently, those three men were charged at Mallow District Court on the Saturday and they have been remanded in custody uh, to appear on Friday at Fermoy Court. So um, they're amongst the charges 
does uh, for a burglary in court for the burglary in McCroom, and as I said, the two that we just mentioned, one in any kitchen. Yeah, and, and we know much. we know that these guys travel around. That's that's their business. That's what they do. Yes, so well that's, done. Their biz- that's their business, and uh, our belief is that they will travel the. Uh, definitely Dublin Cork area yeah. um, like just to give you an idea there was a gun uh, subsequently the, the gun that had been stolen from one burglary in the Mallow area that was subsequently recovered in McCroom uh, in an organised search you know now <clears throat> as I say it's just to give an idea of uh, the way that uh, gang gangs operate out there and um, I, you know the very close cooperation that's needed between the Gardaí the public and the media, you know, to disrupt the activities of those gangs. Okay, well, know, done. And, well done, and well done and to everybody involved in in the Gardaí as well for well, for tracking those yes. guys down. Yes, so I, I'd appeal to anyone, look, if you see something, you're not happy with it, you know, write down the number, you know, write it down on a piece of paper, put it in as a, a phone number in your phone, but, you know, pass it on to the local Garda station. Ring, uh, ring the station, report it, we'll evaluate it. You know, and if we need to take action, we will take action. You know, so the main thing is for people to report. Okay. And the, the next thing I just want to mention as well is um, that was last <clears throat> last Friday as well. We had a situation there in Watergrass Hill where around half 11, um, there was a knock at the door and there was two males called to a house where they produced what seemed, what appeared to be or looked like, resembled to the person in the house, Garda badges, right? Um, they showed him a bunch of 50 euro notes, which they stated were in circulation and that they were fake and that they needed, they were in the area and they were calling house to house and they needed to check all 50 euro notes. Now, this is a scam we've seen before. Now, thankfully, this man, because of all the media, uh, the different appeals he had heard on the media over the years, he cleared them straight away. Well now, done. You know, so I, I again, it's it's just the fact that, thankfully, all the appeals we've made on media, all the information, you know, people are hearing it, they are taking action as a result. So now, the Gardaí will never call to a person's door saying, we need to check never, 50 euro notes? Never, never. Okay. Yeah, and and that, and or, or, any, or anyone else for that matter. Okay, you know, so, so run them, run them from the door and ring the Gardaí immediately to alert them, that they're in the area. Run them and ring us. Um, they were travelling in a, we'd like if anyone had any information on it, it's a, a small blue hatchback, possibly a Focus. Now we have no reg number, two guys involved seem to be bulky enough, of course naturally they were wearing masks, um, but uh, could be a Focus. Now as I said we're not sure and we'd appeal to anyone who had similar callers, um, our, the possibility is that this will be tried again tomorrow. Um, there was no, there's no coincidence that that was a Friday that they called. They expected people had been uh, to the post office and had collected, would have collected a number of 50s in the pension. as part of their, as part of their pension, you yeah. know. Okay. So for, just again for people to clear them. Um, the next thing I just want to mention as well is that uh, people looking for online for loans, you know, um, that if they're Googling at all, as a result, then, you, you know, possibly maybe the next day or a few hours later, suddenly you start uh, getting in adverts, you know. Uh, now, we, there's no doubt that some, some criminals are also put, putting, putting up those adverts, masquerading, um, uh, as I've mentioned in the past, uh, taking all the details from professional and reputable websites and cloning 
cloning the website. Uh, in this pay, in this case again, uh, the person paid over almost two hundred euro to secure a loan. You know, so they, there's different ways of of losing money, and that's certainly one of them. You know, so for people to be very very uh, conscious of if they're uh, applying online for loans, that you you know, be very careful. Be very be very be careful very that you who you're dealing with. You know, Ca- catalytic converter stolen. Another one, another one gone uh, from from a Yaris there in Mallow overnight. Uh, sorry, two nights ago, uh, there in Mallow parked parked in the driveway. I'd appeal to people, anyone with again this fitted uh, type of Yaris that we have mentioned in the past, something from zero zero to about zero five upwards. Um, just take extra precaution because they are the favourite type with criminals. They find it very very seem to find it very easy to get the catalytic converter off them for people just pay attention pay attention to your neighbours as well you know that if you see any suspicious suspicious activity in their driveway if they have uh, a Yaris of that description contact, um, contact the finally Caddy. there Patricia I just want to mention Operation Ant it's just there being ran at the moment by Angada Shikana now what it is it's developed to disrupt the activities you know of the people who target elderly vulnerable victims you know Again, offering to carry out various types of work on their home, the guttering, the painting, the spraying the spraying the driveway or the power hose in the driveway. And they're very often deceiving them into paying large sums of money for this work. And their approach can be very aggressive and they can intimidate people to hand over money um, and put them under a lot of stress and duress, you know, for the work continuing. If you see, and this is where people can pay attention to their neighbours, you know, as regards, if they see work being done uh, for for elderly stroke vulnerable people, you know, and and a person maybe in their forties, living on their own, that may have an intellectual disability, could be very vulnerable to this this those types of scammers as well. You know, um, just for people to maybe call and see are they are okay and kind of you know as you get the type of work being done. And you know, if you are concerned, please give your local guard station a ring and we will do a proper check as regards the, uh, as regards the people carrying out the work. And we, you know, as we always say to right people, open. John, if there's any type of work like that, handyman work or work in the garden or cleaning gutters, whatever it is, go with somebody local. Don't go with somebody who just calls to your door because you just don't know who those people are. Absolutely. And recommendations, recommendations, recommendations. You know, you'll know somebody who's had that work done, but, but stay local. Okay. All right. Good words of advice. Listen, John, it's always a pleasure to have you on the programme. Thank you for that. Thank you. We'll chat Patricia. again Thank in a few you for weeks. All your help. Thanks a million. Bye bye. That is Sergeant John Kelly at Fromoy at Garda Station. And well done to everybody who rang, who contacted the Gardaí when we put out that call for that BMW. And good to know that those guys have been caught and are before the courts. John Paul's taking your calls at 1850 333 103. A lot of texts coming into the programme. We will get to those all after 12 o'clock today because we do have news on the way and of course also in the next hour it's Thursday so Jane Pickett our resident vet will join us so if you've got a question to do with any of the pets in your house you can get your questions in for Jane as well she'll join us after half past 12 you can text her WhatsApp to 0862 103 103 but a quick break and news at 12 midday on the way Court today on C103 with Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale now part of McCarthy Insurance Group want great advice you know who to talk to cmig.ie you're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed.
Moreda Newmarket has been on and is looking for somebody that can repair a sewing machine in the North Cork area. Who's doing repairs on sewing machines? So we're looking for the sewing machine man. If anybody can help out Moraid, she's in the Newmarket area. So ideally somebody in North Cork who can fix her sewing machine. If you can help us with that uh, and point us in the right direction, please do 1850 333 103. We were talking about passports in the last hour. Colm and Boschevent says, well, we were talking about people could go online to renew a passport and it seems to be a very, very efficient system with people telling us within 24, 48 hours their new passport arrived. Colin wants to point out that when you upload your photograph, you've got to receive to take the photograph yourself and upload it, that that can be a nightmare. He said he's heard of lots of his friends having problems uh, with it. He said when his wife went to get her renew her passport online she found it impossible yeah we did it we did one at home I I, I did mine uh, last year at home I'm trying to think I know the first photograph we took we thought was okay and then we had to take a second one because you just take it on your mobile phone you have to have it against a white background and all of that we managed to do it but anyway just to let people know it can be a little bit of a problem that you may need to have to really really work uh, at it a number of people are on about restaurants remember when we had a listener who said she wanted to take her son out for dinner and was very disappointed that the hotel she went to said sorry no we're only serving uh, residents and she said was it to do with staffing number of people are commenting on on that um, Sheila says we visited a restaurant and we were told we couldn't get food inside for dinner uh, but we could get tea and biscuits but we couldn't have our full dinner but we inside in the restaurant and uh, Sheila understood that it was to do with a staffing uh, issue and someone else says a little cafe in Balancolic is closed Monday and Tuesday but it opens the rest of the week and when asked it's because of staff shortages. That's from Eddie in Ovens and someone else was telling me, I don't know whether it was by WhatsApp because there's so many texts coming in. Oh here it is. My son is a manager in a local hotel. He is working 60 hours plus per week they can't get staff. He says one of the reasons is nobody wants to work, particularly those that are on the COVID pop payment, the pandemic payment of 350. And that's been reduced and it's been reduced uh, further. But Mary said that's why her son says they're actually having problems trying to get staff because of the pop uh, payments. And then Annie said they went to a local restaurant they wanted to dine indoors. They were all fully vaccinated. They said, no, we're not serving indoors. We're only serving outdoors. And a number of restaurants are doing that. They're only doing outside. They're not, they haven't gone back inside uh, yet. Anyway, Annie said, thought it was absolutely daft. Uh, we sat outside and we didn't really mind and we were willing to wrap up against the cold and you can wrap up against the cold. But, says Annie, the problem was that when the food arrived, because it was a cold day, within five minutes, the food was gone cold. So she says, we really have to look again at eating outside. It was okay in very fine weather. But now that it's starting to get very autumnal, the feel at the moment, it's a chilly when you're outside. And you're right, you can wrap up, but you, you can't wrap the food up uh, as well. OK, on to the GAA and the news that we're hearing that streaming of local matches no longer allowed by Cork GAA and this letter that went out to all uh, clubs. Jim says the GAA and the County Board are living up to their name and reputation that it's all about money. And I... W- 
Jim says, what I was surprised about was the uptake of the county board draw, the Rebel Bounty, as its new name is. I think when it was brought in and clubs backed the idea, they were told they would pay a penalty if a set number of tickets weren't sold by junior, intermediate and senior clubs. And I remember we discussed it at the time. But I think they have undone any goodwill gained by stopping clubs from streaming live matches, especially for older people or people abroad who love to watch the local club playing when they can't physically be there themselves. I am one member uh, I as one member of the county board draw no I will withdraw next year I will do it in protest to what I'd see as a very mean spirited decision all die hard supporters of local clubs will go there anyway it's going to affect those who would be at home watching the match or those who can't get it to the match can't get to the match because they're overseas or unwell or elderly or whatever that it's not going to make any difference to the numbers going through the gates that is from Jim and I can see actually a lot of people are very upset and very annoyed by this decision that has been made by the county board others though are in agreement and can see the rationale behind it let me see some of your texts that have come in on uh, this. Uh, John says, Hi, I'm a man in my late 60s. I don't know how to go online. I can't wait to go back to a GAA match. It is the best thing. Hi, Patricia. My support of GAA clubs ebbs and flows, but I must say I agree with their stance on the live streaming of games going forward. There is considerable expense in running such an organisation and revenue streams, which of course include gate receipts at matches, are very, very important for the continuation of these games. Would those that benefited from the free live streaming of games during lockdown, would those people be willing to pay a reasonable fee to view the game online? then that might please both sides of the argument. Very little is free in life today and those that view online might be agreeable if it was a reasonable fee. Yeah, maybe that's something that could be looked at because Jar is making the point that when the GAA sold some of their matches to Sky, one of the arguments they used was, well, people abroad would be able to watch these match- matches. If they're going on that theory, they can't then say that they won't allow locals to watch uh, matches and he's very annoyed about it as well. And actually, John Paul tells me that in a couple of minutes we're actually going to speak with the PRO of the Cork County Board, Joe Blake, who's going to explain to us further why they have made this decision. Because as I say, judging by the texts coming in, there are many, many people very, very upset about it. Patricia, people who can't wear masks, this is on the issue of the texter who contacts us about the match, about the, the masks. Surely they should be given some kind of a badge to say that they are exempt. Well, I know a listener sent me in, they had like a lanyard. It was the lanyard with the sunflowers on it and if you ever see somebody wearing a lanyard around their neck with sunflowers on it it means that they have a hidden disability they're I've seen them in use at airports and I know when we travel with Marsh obviously being special needs even though her disabilities are not quite hidden but when we travel through airports it was at Heathrow actually one day we were queuing up somewhere and somebody came and said have you not got the lanyard the sunflower lanyard and I said no I'd never even heard about it and they gave us one and they said everybody here at Heathrow know when you're wearing that that you need special assistance and then whenever she's wearing the little lanyard around her neck you get whizzed up to tops of queues so you don't have to queue and all of that and it's brilliant and it's a a really fantastic system and as I say and then also uh, I saw it operate at Cork Airport and then I saw it operate in other 
I don't know if every airport around the world uses them, but a lot do. But then I, I realised that it got introduced here. It's in this country as well. If you're anywhere and you see somebody with one of these lanyards, it means that they need special attention or special help and staff. I don't know if all staff have been trained in it, but it was used at the start of COVID with the mask wearing for people who had a special dispensation not to wear masks from their doctor or from their consultant. And one listener sent me in an actual uh, an actual little card that clipped onto the lanyard that they could hold out and show to somebody that they were exempt from wearing masks. So there is there is one there. I don't know how, how you actually get them or whether you can only get them by going to... I know your doctor has to recommend it because... A lot of doctors were saying at the start, particularly for people that had lung conditions, that it was important, even though they struggled with masks, but it was important for them that they wore masks, particularly in the early days when we didn't have a vaccine, to protect them as well from picking up uh, COVID. And I know some doctors were slow to give people a letter saying that they were exempt from wearing them. Hi Patricia, I don't know why people get so annoyed when asked to wear a mask. If that lady who contacted you genuinely has a very bad chest, then she is much more vulnerable than anybody else and she should at very least wear a visor and carry her doctor's note with her. It's a pity that the doctor couldn't have issued the lanyard with the symbol on it so that retail staff could identify her as not being able to wear a mask. The exact lanyard I'm talking about. Shops are only trying to protect themselves and other shoppers. They can't tell by looking at somebody whether you're just an anti-masker, that you've forgotten your mask or that you're simply unwell and not able to wear a mask. So add a bit of common sense to this please. And by the way, if other shoppers say to you you've no mask on, many of them are doing it out of concern. I wouldn't myself. I'd just keep away from those people but there are people who will. Yeah, and remember our, our listener yesterday who tried to help out somebody. They thought perhaps somebody had forgotten their mask and they got the head taken off them and then followed into another shop and found the whole thing really, really uh, intimidating. Hi Patricia, are other people getting phone calls from Amazon? I'm getting them to my house and then I call to my father's house and he's getting them as well. Uh, Is it just a case of hanging up on them? Yeah, they're the Amazon ones, just hang up on them immediately. Do not engage. And actually lots of people are getting those calls and they don't even have Amazon accounts, so simply hang up completely. And Liz says, I'm just wondering, does anybody else know about medical centres and primary healthcare centres and GP practices across the city and county? Are they operating now so that Patients can go in and get a face-to-face meeting or are they still operating with phone consultations? COVID, I feel, is being used too much now. We're all vaccinated and surely all the doctors are vaccinated. I can't understand why I can't get a face-to-face appointment. Now, I'm assuming that that's an individual choice on behalf of a GP practice. So you're going to have to just check in with your own GP practice to see what your GP practice is doing because I take it it's individual with each some practices are doing I haven't I can't even tell you when I've last been in thankfully I haven't needed to be in at a doctor and the last time I did I was over the phone certainly we did it but it would have been still at the time where not everybody was vaccinated but you're right the majority of patients now are vaccinated and certainly all the doctors and you assume all of the nurses and, and everybody all the staff are vaccinated so I'd suggest giving your GP practice a call to see are they actually taking appointments but in the meantime we'll put it out there to our other listeners have you got now we're talking about a face-to-face consultation not a phone consultation phone consultation by the way I have found during COVID worked really well you know when it was something that I just needed to check or 
I, I found them great but they don't they don't suit I absolutely accept that they don't suit everyone and Maria says Patricia would you have a telephone number where I can ring to change my name on my covert certificate to make it the same as my passport I don't have a number and I don't know if there is a number but I do know I changed Marsha's covert certificate so that it would match her passport not that we're going away anywhere we're not but I said just in case next year we're still using those COVID certificates and that she may need it. You have to do it online, as far as I know, is the only way to do it. It's under the gov.ie. And what I can tell you is it's a really, really simple procedure. Go on to dovegot.ie. And if you just Google the, the EU, how to get your EU digital COVID certificate, and it goes down through all the list of the things that you can do. And if there's a name change or you need to get the surname change or even if you need to get the date of birth changed, it seems some people have the wrong date of birth. There's a green button that says access service here. You click on that. You just fill in all of the details and it takes about five days and they will email you. You need to have an email account as well. They'll email you then the new certificate. But no, I've never seen a phone number that you can use to change the name on your COVID certificate. 1850 I can see pet questions coming in for Jane. Keep those coming. Text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103. The C103 Cork Diary. With the new Explore Cork app, a Cork County Council initiative featuring over 850 places to see and things to do. Michael O'Mahony of Rathmore is planning to walk roads in the Rathmore area. It's to raise funds for the air ambulance. This will include walking two to three miles a day. He hopes to fulfil his 60 miles goal in September. You can support him by taking part in your own area, walk, run or cycle or stroll the 60 miles. Do it any time during the month of September. Then donations can be made through Michael O'Mahony's Facebook page or contact him at 087 667 6817. The next draw for the Kildallery Community Development Lotto draw is taking place this afternoon, 4 o'clock. Tickets are on sale at the local outlets and at the community office. And the 175th anniversary of the famine will be celebrated in Glenville on this coming Sunday at 2.30. The Bishop of Cork and Ross will bless the famine memorial plaques. All are very welcome. Court today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. Court today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850 103. Now, as we mentioned in today's Corkman newspaper, they're reporting that as GAA grounds throughout the country prepare to welcome larger attendances this weekend following the relaxation of the pandemic restrictions, the Cork County. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves. Feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. The board has issued an instruction to clubs in the county to stop streaming local club matches. Some of our listeners are certainly not happy with this news. And the Cork County PRO, Joe Blake, uh, joins me. Good morning to you, Joe. Hi Patricia, how are you doing? I'm I'm doing very well. Okay, we're getting a mixed reaction to this. Can you just explain why you have told local clubs that they must stop streaming their local matches? Yeah, I'll just bring you back a couple of years and um, give the whole background. So basically, we go back to pre-COVID in, in 2017, 2018. There was no streaming of matches taking place. In 2019, then there was kind of, um, we'll call it an informal arrangement with the Irish Examiner where they would have streamed some matches, uh, just kind of as a, an experiment. Obviously, then in 2020, um, a couple obviously COVID hit. There was no games for a long time. But last summer, we had a three-year um, deal agreed with the Irish Examiner, where they would stream matches. So last year, they would have streamed uh, a, a number of matches. You're probably talking anything between two, one, two to four uh, at weekends. What we also did was, because there was very, there was nobody allowed uh, go to club games last year, or very few. I think there was like a hundred or maybe even fifty people. We decided, with the agreement of the Irish Examiner, that we would allow clubs to stream matches Sim- on the simple basis their supporters couldn't go to matches. The people who wanted to go to matches weren't allowed go to matches. So we said to the clubs, "Look," and with with the cooperation with the Irish Examiner, we said to the clubs, "Look, you're able to." Um, you're able to stream the matches. No, obviously crowds are allowed to go back to matches. We are we we want people to attend the games starting from this weekend. Obviously, last weekend we had we had a fine crowd. I think it was two thousand four hundred plus at the county senior final. So we now want people to go back and stream the match or go back uh, and attend the game. It should also be noted last year um, the Irish Examiner. They streamed their games for free. There was no charge to the public, while in all the other counties in Ireland, uh, the people had to pay to watch the matches. And so, is that uh, is 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 that going to be the same going yeah, forward? There's no well for this year. From my understanding, the examiner will not be charging to to show the match. But the problem is, they're not going to be showing a lot all no, of the no, matches. No, no, they're not going to be showing all the matches. But we have to realise that if people want to go and support, like my own club, Atco, we're playing Glenville at the weekend. Last year we played Lambert in a county championship match above and above and, and the match was streamed simply because people could not attend us. Mm. But now people can attend, so I as an Adagor supporter want to go to that match. Now I know there's people are getting the gist of your cause, there's people abroad saying that they'll miss out, but they weren't seeing the matches pre-COVID anyway. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to get as many people to attend to attend the games. But I'd also like to point out too that your own station, C103, give tremendous coverage in terms of um, 
Matter for commentary, yeah. yeah but commentary, but do, do, do you genuinely feel that if you were streaming a match that somebody would say, I'll sit at home and watch it on my computer rather than go to yeah. a tent? Gen- genuinely, we would because what you would see is that people might say, for example, if it's a, if it's a wet evening or an inclement evening, they might say, do you know what, I'll stay at home. Or what might happen is that a pub might decide to uh, show a game, put the, the game up on the TV and people might go to the pub instead of going to the ground. And it's a lot safer watching a match out in an open space. So, and um, we we want we want people to go. Like we were hearing last year that people were dying to go to matches. Now is their opportunity to go to matches. And the later we get in the county championships, the more games, semi-finals, finals. There are they're going to be they're going to be shown. And again, the live commentary from C103 and the regular updates. And of course, the clubs are fantastic with social media, especially Twitter in keeping people up to date with scores. And there's so. there's no chance, because I'm, I'm very much thinking of the people overseas who, as you say, before yeah. this, they couldn't have got to see it, but now they're, they kind of got into the habit of it last year and, it, and, yeah. and loved it. Could anything be done that you could charge them, that they could pay for it? Um, you're going to, uh, like I know, Patricia, you're going to see, you, you be, you see, the problem is there is that the person could... Um, the person could in we'll take for example the person in Adagor playing Glenville this weekend the person in Adagor could then buy it as well as the person over in Dubai or Canada and then the person in Adagor might decide not to go to the match given the example of my own club so that's I think the I think the fair look the, the vast vast majority we're talking about the 99 98% of the club members will want to go to the match and they'd want to they'd want to watch their club live, and that that, that would and, and that was borne out. You see the crowd that turned up at yeah, the um, yeah and yeah that's and, why and, also, I, and, and I, also, I still think the people who want to be there, Joe, will be there whether it was been streamed or not. Just stay there because I want to bring in uh, Michael Dilworth who is with Ahabolic uh, GAA because I saw them uh, tweeting earlier they were planning on live streaming a, a match but they can't. Are you very disappointed, Michael? Uh, we are, Patricia. Uh, thanks for having me on there. We are disappointed, but I suppose it's the it's the members of the club that maybe would be maybe elderly, maybe you know, maybe abroad, uh, wherever else that they can't get to see the match. Uh, I feel that anybody that would follow the club that has an interest in going to matches will still go. I don't think any of them will stay at home and watch the TV coverage. But it's the people that would have an interest in the club but wouldn't go to the matches. It's those people we're catering for. And I suppose we're worried about a knock-on effect as well. We got great buy-in last year because of all the matches we showed. And there was a lot of people who came on board and bought tickets for our Rebels Bounty Draw, which was a huge uh, source of revenue for the club. And um, they bought those on the back of being able to watch the matches and getting reconnected with the club again I suppose that's a good point they almost saw it as a thank you yes I would feel so I I think they felt that the club went out on the limb to show the matches to them so it was like a thank you and look we appreciate that we'll support you and how do we support you we'll buy a Rebels Bounty ticket Um, okay let let, 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 let Joe um, comment on that could you be cutting off your nose to spite your face Joe I think not Patricia look and I, I, I we take on board um, Ahabolo's concern and all the other clubs' concerns too as well. But I think what we're trying to do is we're trying to get people back 
through the gates and also the neutrals uh, too as well there's a big we'll say for example a lot of neutrals like going to the games too as well and like there's a chance that if there was a game being streamed if all these games were being streamed that these would be that these people mightn't go back to the games too as well and I know Ahabullock did tremendous they were one of the top clubs in terms of um, Rebels Bounty and they are absolutely fantastic in terms of their social media and their promotion of Rebels Bounty and the game and obviously the chairperson of the county board is is an Ahabullock man but what we're trying to do is we're trying to I suppose um, the service people uh, we're getting uh, will get in 2021 will actually be a better service than they were getting pre-COVID. So post, we, we call this stage post-COVID, even though we're not 100% through it. We're, people, the Cork GA supporters, will actually have the best of both worlds. They'll be able to watch, they'll be able to go and watch games in person. Plus, the laws will be game streamed um, as well on, on, on online by the examiner. And, and, and I must emphasise the point, that's free of charge. All the other counties last year were charging for that. Okay. All right, but okay, okay, people. But people are still saying, "What about those that would never be going to the match?" You're forgetting about all of those. And somebody else wants to know: Are you upping the admission price? No, the admission prices uh, they came out. I'd I'd have they were up on our website, and they went out. They went out uh, during the week too as well and they're up on a news item on the website. I just don't have it at hand at the moment. Is it an adult ticket, 8 euro, and children's ticket, 5 euro? Uh, under 16, go for Under 16, okay. And don't forget, Patricia, uh, there's plenty of other sporting organisations that charge for under 16 or under 16, go for it. Okay. Uh, who's, Patricia, can, you, I, can, you can I make one more point? You can, yeah. Uh, look, I applaud the Irish Examiner showing the games and showing the matches free. Uh, my big worry is that we play at an intermediate level. Uh, most of the games that the Irish Examiner would be showing would be at senior level. And our games won't be available to anybody to see. And it's it's our own supporters, really, that I was concerned, and I'm sure there's many other clubs uh, like us as well, that won't have their games on the Irish Examiner site. Uh, it's, it's a fantastic service that they're doing, and doing it for free is absolutely brilliant. But it's it's our games to our diaspora and the people around the world and the elderly people who wouldn't necessarily be going to games. And, and Michael, to Michael what were your streaming figures like? We would have had kind of between 300 and 500 would watch the matches at any given time. Okay, and a lot, of, um, a lot overseas? A lot overseas, yeah. definitely, yes. There was a lot overseas and we got a lot of feedback from it that people were able to watch them in Toronto in Sydney, in Melbourne, in Dubai, in London, in Holland and wherever else, you know. Um, but it's just, the, it keeps the connection with the club and by allowing other clubs to show these games, um, the smaller clubs, the junior clubs, the intermediate clubs, because we won't get the exposure on uh, on Irish Examiner, it just keeps everybody connected to the club and I think that was the big thing that we had was the connection with the club. Games weren't available pre-COVID, but COVID allowed us to, to, to show the games. And, and it's also it's changed the way we're all living our lives. I think COVID has, has, has changed. Joe, is there any hope that there could be a change of mind on this? Certainly not for this year, maybe next year. Well, um, we have it. We, this is year two of um, a three-year agreement with the Irish Examiner. So obviously, look, we'd, we'd have to discuss things with him. And look, I, look my own club, Mike, uh, Michael, would know Adrigal are in the same boat as Ahabullock. But I can tell you that I know 
loads of people in Adrigal that are, and I'm sure across the county, are looking forward to actually going back and attending games, championship games this weekend that they weren't uh, allowed to attend last year. But in terms of look, in terms of the examiner, we're in year two with a, a, a three-year agreement. They, they have done fantastic, yes, um, this, this, as Michael yeah. mentioned. And look, maybe down the road, it's something we can look at. But I just want to point out something there, Patricia. If you look across the water during uh, COVID, all the games and um, all the soccer matches in the Premiership were being shown. They were being shown live on either Sky or BT. Once the crowds were allowed back, they stopped showing all the games live. They've only showed three or four. Yeah, in so order to get people just, through it, the gates. Yeah, listen, yeah, and a just, lot of people accept that. And as, as one really good uh, comment came in from a listener saying, you know, you've an organisation that you have to run, you have to make money yeah. in, in order to run it. So I think people accept yeah. that. Okay, all right. We will leave it there. Uh, Joe, thank you for that. And right, uh, Michael, you thank that. you as well uh, for uh, for your input today. That is uh, Joe Blake, the Cork G-A-A-P-R-O and Michael Dilworth joining us from Aha Bollock about an end sadly and I can see from people are really really uh, disappointed by, by this but your local club now no longer allowed to stream their match 1850 John Paul taking your calls your pet questions please because Jane Pickett our resident vet will be joining us or you can text or WhatsApp a question to 0862 103 103 Court today on C1 with Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. For motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance, cmig.ie. This is the Court Today replay on C103. Apologies if we didn't get to all of your commentary coming in on the GAA and their decision by the Cork GAA board not to allow clubs in stream their matches anymore because they're trying to get people back to watch the matches. Just a couple of good points that I want to get to. Tim says Patricia technology such as geo-blocking would allow the clubs to sell streaming services to overseas only because when I said was there a way that people could pay for it um, Joe was saying you couldn't stop somebody in Toronto watching it and then somebody down the road watching it but According to Tim, you can. It's geo-blocking. And then one final one. I think the county board, as you said yourself, Patricia, will cut, are cutting their nose off despite their face. They will lose big time in the rebel bounty draw. And as Joe himself, as PRO admitted, 99% of true supporters will go to the matches anyway. And our club had to pay to live stream our club matches. A lot of people very, very disappointed with this decision by the county board. OK, we'll leave it there because I want to go to the Islandwood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket, part of the Mill Street Veterinary Group where Jane Pickett, our resident vet, joins me. Good afternoon, Jane. Good afternoon, Patricia. And let's get straight into questions. This is a kind of a topical one because there's so many wasps around at the moment. Eileen has been on to say her Labrador, nine-year-old Labrador, keeps chasing wasps. And yesterday, ate one and ended up getting stung. Now, she's okay, but she's still chasing them, even though she did get stung. Any advice, please? Yeah, this is a really difficult situation. The wasps are all over the place at the moment. I'm even seeing it myself outside the clinic. I'm being chased around the car park by the wasps myself. Um, it is a bit of a hazard and it is a very difficult thing to stop them Stop them chasing them. Obviously, they're this little frying object that's great fun to run after um, and is generally innocuous, so they never get hurt. Now, the odd time when they do get a sting, like ourselves, sometimes wasp stings can just be a little bit painful and not cause us much bother. 
But for some of us, if we're allergic to them, wasp stings can be really, really problematic. So occasionally with dogs, the most common thing we would see is that they're stung on their face somewhere and we might get quite a, a marked swelling. So swelling around the muzzle, inside in the mouth, around the eyes. And sometimes it can really be quite a, a dramatic, a dramatic swelling of the head. But more worrisome than that is if they're if they're stung within the mouth, sometimes it can cause a big swelling there. And I suppose worst case scenario, if they are allergic to the, the wasp or the bee sting, it can cause problems with breathing if there is swelling around the throat. And that's what we're always looking out for. So if you if you have a, a wasp sting incident and you notice any swelling or discomfort on the part of your pet, it's best to call your vet. One of the first questions that will probably ask you is, is your pet having any trouble breathing? Do they look like they're struggling to breathe? And if the answer is even yes, slightly, then it's really best to bring them into your vet ASAP. There are a number of drugs that we can give to counteract the swelling if it is severe enough. And that ranges just from a little anti-inflammatory if the swelling is quite painful, right up to um, drugs that we would give in emergency situations to open up the airways if they were having trouble breathing. As regards tips to get them to stop chasing, it's really limited. I think just try, if there are a lot of wasps around certain area of your, areas of your house or areas that you go to, try and avoid them for the meantime. This really is that time of year where all of the wasps are coming out for the next, let's say, two to three weeks. Um, so it is really the, the hot time of the year for these kind of incidents from a clinical point of view that we would see. Um, but once the winter months roll in, that will all settle down. So I think just restricting access is best. OK, I have a seven-year-old Shih Tzu, says a listener. I got her groomed very tightly a few months ago. So far, the hair hasn't grown back on her sides. What would be causing that? OK, interesting. What, what age did you say the, Seven. this little dog was, Patricia? Seven. Seven. OK, so that opens up a few possibilities here. So sometimes we see that pets will have very slow hair growth at certain times of the year, particularly in the summer. But if it is just on the sides that you're noticing that the hair growth is a lot slower and she was clipped quite tightly before and a few months have passed, then what I would say is I would think that this would warrant a little bit of investigation from your vet. So although it may not be hair loss, very slow growth or thin growing hair symmetrically on the flanks, so the bit behind the ribcage on the belly is classic for some kind of hormonal diseases that we see in dogs, particularly an underactive thyroid and overactive stress hormone, so um, Cushing's disease is what we call it. Now these are perfectly manageable conditions and the really important thing is if those tests come back negative, you can rest assured that it's probably just normal variation in the growth of your dog's hair coat. But if they come back positive and your vet catches these, these diseases really early with only a very slight um, indication that there might be any problem just through the slow or patchy hair regrowth, then it means that we can intervene with medications to tackle those problems before your dog even begins to, let's say, feel any of the effects of the, an underactive thyroid or overactive stress hormone. So this is one that it's really, really good to notice subtle things like this and flag them with your vet. Um, and it might be particularly in a middle-aged to senior dog that it would be worth investigating that change a little bit more. Uh, Tony says, uh, hi, question for Jane, please. Do male rabbits get frisky with other male rabbits? The reason I ask is I bought one about four weeks ago to have company for an existing rabbit. But every night, the younger rabbit is getting very frisky with the older male rabbit. Is this a common occurrence? Mm. I'll be the first to put my hands up and say that rabbits are not my area of expertise. Okay. <laughs> 
But yes, I believe they can. There, I suppose friskiness can occur, but particularly, let's say, in unneutered males, a certain amount of dominance and let's say fighting over territory, particularly if there might be any other ladies nearby, can occur. So it is something that is a, a bit of a safety concern. Um, if it is purely just friskiness, they might just be playing and, and that might be that and it might not cause any harm. But rabbits really, when they, when they let's say, um, are feeling a little bit aggressive, they can be very powerful. So it is really important now that you've introduced a new rabbit into the hutch that you just monitor them very careful, carefully for signs of aggression and separate them if there's any concern. It may be worth discussing the situation with your vet um, in a little bit more detail to see if castration of the rabbit would be appropriate um, to kind of settle down a behavioural situation. But I think this is a little situation that requires maybe a, a little bit more detail to flesh out what would be the yeah, best and it, it, it could just be age as well. A younger, you know, it'll grow out of it more than, more than anything. Yeah. Um, hi, uh, Jane. My three-year-old cat has been toilet trained since she was a kitten, but lately she cries until we physically lift her up and put her into the litter train herself. She holds on to it. Why is she doing this until we take her to the toilet? Thanking you, says Lisa, won't go herself, has to be lifted in and then we'll go. Mm, this is a really interesting one and it makes me worry if there has been some change um, either with the litter tray itself. So if the litter tray has been the same for all of, let's say, the last three years with that little cat, then it's unlikely that they've for some reason become afraid of the litter tray or adverse to it. But if there has been a recent change in the litter tray or even the type of litter you're using, that's the first thing that I'd wonder if that's a trigger that they just don't like the area. But if everything has stayed the same and they've become very reluctant to go and pee in their normal spot, it is worth doing um, a, a urine sample essentially to check whether there's any signs of infection or inflammation in the urine. Because sometimes cats become a little bit reluctant to follow the normal peeing habits if it's a little bit sore when they pee, which anybody who's had any urinary tract infection will tell you that peeing can be quite uncomfortable when that occurs. So it's really important to screen for that with a urine sample. In cats, it's actually, it, it's much easier than it sounds to get a urine sample. There are little um, silicon beads that you can get from your vet that you use instead of your cat litter that don't allow the urine to be soaked up so that you can collect a nice clean sample from the litter tray to pop into your vet as a urine sample. But it's also the kind of problem that I would suggest warrants a, a full health check from your vet. So pop into your vet, flag your concerns with them. They'll do a full physical exam and most likely they'll suggest doing a urine sample at that point to just check out whether there's any reason or for discomfort or change in urination behaviour. But it's definitely really good to notice those subtle signs. Um, but this, this does warrant... Because that isn't normal behaviour. And then no, Su Susan, Susan has an ongoing problem. Her kitten sleeps all day and then is up all night. Is there anything that Susan can do to reverse it? Not really. Yeah, it's, it's, like a um, it's like a toddler, isn't it, turning night into it day? It is. A little bit. And I think a lot of the time, um, particularly kind of young, active cats during the summertime, all of their fun playtime, particularly if they're allowed to go outside at night, they can hunt and catch little creatures and it's great fun for them. So they might be, you know, out, out hunting, playing around outside with all of the small creatures all night, be absolutely knackered and come in to snooze all day. Um, it is very difficult to break that habit. But the one thing I would say is normally, let's say largely nocturnal animals that would like to, let's say domesticated nocturnal animals like a cat that just switches their day for nighttime, that tends to settle down when the winter rocks in because they won't want to be outside in the cold in the evenings. Um, also, the amount of little creatures around that they might be hunting will be somewhat reduced in their availability. So you may find with the change in the seasons that things revert back to normal. OK, and very finally, my Jack Russell is coating around the house. Anything for us, please? 
Uh, coating. Is this, I wonder whether this is hair loss I would or say, would it be scooting? Yeah, I know, I would say shedding. I would say shedding the coat. Shedding. Yeah. Oh, I think um, the best thing to do is just make sure you don't notice any itch or scratch from your pet. If you do notice an itch or scratch and that's causing hair loss, that definitely needs a trip to the vet. But if it is just normal routine hair loss, making sure that you're getting them groomed re- regularly, but also brushing the hair out to allow it to the skin to exfoliate and the hair to come away in a more controlled manner is a really helpful thing because then the hair goes on the brush and into yeah, the bin rather grooming. than on your sofa. Keep grooming. Yeah, keep okay, grooming. listen, thanks for that, Jane. Have a good week. We'll chat again next week. Uh, good afternoon to you. That's uh, Jane Pickett of the Eilidwood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket, part of the Mill Street uh, Veterinary uh, Group. That's where we leave it for today. My thanks to John Paul McNamara for producing. Nick Richards is with you for the afternoon and we're with you for the final one of the week tomorrow, uh, Friday morning at 10 o'clock. Until then, I'm Patricia Messenger. A very good afternoon. Uh, Enjoy what looks like it's going to stay dry for the afternoon. Try to enjoy that. Talk tomorrow. Stay safe. Cork today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale. Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. CMIG.ie. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.